Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another Leftovers Podcast. Frank R. Curry's here. No Derek Kramer for some reason. I used to win stuff. So, I got with me a guest. Go right into it. We have... Spectrum's own and p- part of the voice of Niagara Eagles, Niagara Purple Eagles hockey, Lars Lewis. Lars, thanks for coming on. Well, I'm your worst nightmare, pal. You're no. in for a long one today. Listen, we've had we've had worse, okay? <laughs> the show is Derek and me. That's bad mm, enough. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, you're not, trust me, you're not the worst and it can still get worse from here. Oh, it will. It probably oh, it will. will. But how about, how about more positive news to start back. this show? You got what some news? What we saw last night. Yeah. Get right, let's get right into it. Yeah. Sabres won last night. They did. Three straight wins now, six and four of the season. They're going for four against games. Columbus on Thursday. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, That'll be, what, the first time they could have a four-game win streak since, Brayton, what, 2014? Brayton tweeted it out. Um, this would be the – yeah, Ajay, I'm going to check – I'm. Brayton Wilson tweeted it out uh, earlier. Because I remember, like, after they won those four straight, they lost 19 out of 20 right after that. With, like, what, 12 or 13 in regulation? Yeah, so here's what Brayton tweeted. Sabres will go for the fourth straight win tomorrow night in Columbus. The last time they won four straight, back on December 15th, 2014. Beat Ottawa in a shootout last night. After that, they went on to lose 19 of the next 20 games, 14 straight in regulation. Thank you. Okay. Last time the Sabres won five straight was in 2012. This is what this <laughs> is where it is, people. This this is going to be something you need to watch Thursday because you know Columbus is no they're no pushover. Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday. I thought Taste it was Friday. Thursday. Taste Friday. Oh. Larry's getting his days mixed up. Uh, it's been a long week, people. I it's apologize. Been a, no, it's been a long week. It's been a long week. But so yeah, anyway. sa- so Saturday. Yeah, Sabres play. Columbus on Saturday at seven, traveling down, road game and yeah, going going for the fourth fourth straight win. Last night, beating Montreal four to three. Honestly, that was my big that was my big fear going into this game. Montreal was going to play really well, and they because they're better than what people say. And Niami did. Niami had a great game. I didn't think we'd ever put those words in the same sentence, but I know. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, but Montreal as a whole played a really well game, and even though they got horribly outplayed during those three periods. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's horribly outplayed. Horribly outplayed again. Outshot almost double. Yeah, but they played really. But they took. They take advantage of the chances that they're given, and I think that's because a lot of teams are underestimating them. They got no pressure. 
Seriously, they they are playing with nothing to lose, considering that they're playing with house money. Traded Pacioretty. Yep, and they have a lot of young players on the team. They've acquired the last couple of years. I mean, I, I'm still surprised Bergevin still has a job. Oh, we all are. We all are. But it seems like they're playing well, and it, that's a testament to Claude Julien. I think so. And what he's doing for this team. He's always been a top tier coach in this league, and he's going to be someone that can stabilize the ship. Despite all the chaos at that least, Bergevin has provided for Montreal. At least a somewhat stable stabilization because they're not going to keep this up the whole year. But but if yeah, things if things go right for them, I think there is a chance they can be what a similar to what the Devils were last year. Now, I'm not saying they'll make the playoffs. Like an aberration. It could be that one-year thing where... But it could be where they just have an unexpected good year. Something something like that. Well, that you, got my, Car- you got Carey Price. They have Carey Price. For most Price. of the year, yeah. and he'll keep you in games all the time. And the way Niemi played last night, if he plays like that throughout the season, they definitely have a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Thomas Tatar is on a, having a really good start. Max Domi, I mean, he scored two goals last night. He looks good. And then uh, they have their 18-year-old center, Jesperi Kakaniemi, who I, who I think is very impressive. I'm surprised he made the team, but he's make, he's making use of his time in the NHL right now. And if he if he sticks the whole year, I think he can have a really good year. I would like to talk about the Sabres for just a second. Now, we watched we watched the game. We yep. watched it t- t- together last night. Yep. And seeing that fourth goal with Okposo. Yeah, on the power play. the pass by Darlene to set him up for the open shot. Just seeing Palmerville in front of the net, this guy's been playing for years. And he's throughout that whole game, this is probably one of the best games I've ever seen Palmerville play. The goal he had in the power mm-hmm. play near the end of the what, the second period, and setting up the screen in front for the winning goal. Yep. Just he made plays the entire game that the Sabres didn't have that kind of player in years past. A veteran that knows where to be at the right place at the right time. I just think personally, he had one of the best games I've ever seen. In years past, Pomovil was one was one of the core guys, but yeah, you didn't have a, another guy to co- to have I'm that saying compliment. When he left, but when then he was gone. Yeah, yeah, and now and now he had two goals last night. He had Pomovil did have a great game last night, and I think it's a testament to who he's playing with. He's playing with Michael and Skinner. You know, you could say that he was dominant. With um, Vanek and, and uh, Roy, but look at him with Eichel and Skinner now. Well, yeah. I, I mean, even, even Eichel I and Kane. Eichel even, is a more talented player than the previous two he played with. And Skinner, he's already paying dividends through 10 games. Already. And then, yeah. I mean, even Eichel and Kane last year when... Even with how bad last year was, when Pomville was on that on the line with those two early on, they were they were producing. Yeah, because Pomville's a glue guy. Pom- he, he's someone that he's, is a steady hand. Yeah, he knows where to go steady. with the puck. He's yeah, he's consistent. He's always been consistent his yeah. entire career. Yeah, I mean, as how bad the team was last year, I thought Pomville actually had a pretty good year. He had thirty five points. As a thirty four year old, have a thirty. He's thirty four. He's 35 now. He does, I swear, like when you look at him on the ice and just see his face and how he looks, he look still like looks it. like he's like 28. He looks the same. Yeah. He hasn't aged. And he still plays but he had, the same. And he, had 30, and he had 35 points last year, which 
if you're playing top nine, if you're consistently in the top nine, that's a fine year. You could take, you'll take that for a, for a thirty-four year old. I'll take thirty-five to forty points any any day of the week. Yeah, and he if he can if like, I don't yeah, let me know, ask you this: Does he get over forty this year? It depends. I think it depends. If he stays on, with this line this season, if he if, would have if, to. If Housley does not change this line, it he would have. He's got to get like forty-five. He can. He can do it. It's just a matter of does age, one age catch up to him because. At his, at th- even at 35, with, even with the way he plays, there is that slight possibility he might not be able to keep up with Eichel and Skinner the rest of the year. Yeah, that's As true. the season goes along. Those so are, at some those point two, you may... Uh, those are two horses you got to keep some, up with. So probably at some point they're going to have to take him off the top line and put him probably back on the fourth line or on, on, a, on a third line with probably Middlestad or even have... You know, do something, do something like that. They're going to have to switch it up eventually. Well, then, who would you push up to the top line? Then, if you move them, probably depends on who's playing. Who's playing come the on, best? Come on, give me a hard answer. It could be, it could be a guy like Kyle Oposo if he's playing really well, which he is, which he's playing well right now. But more likely, it's probably Sam Reinhardt going back on that top line with Eichel and Skinner. He got his first goal of the night. First goal. First of the goal season of the last season. Night. Finally got, finally got that monkey off his back. And I, it was a great play, and it, it was a great play too. If you, I don't know if you saw it, Connor Sherry on basically one side of the ice just rips a pass all the way across to McKay. McCabe looks like he can't handle the pass as he's streaking down the left wing, but he's just able to get control of the puck enough to slide it across to Reinhardt for the tipping goal. Pretty much a similar play as what Palmerville scored his first goal last mm-hmm. night, except Reinhardt just, just tipped it right in and it was it was I literally just jumped right out of right out of my seat that's the most movement you've had in three weeks well I mean I was just one I was excited because Reinhardt finally scored and two that was a huge goal <laughs> that they needed that they needed and you knew it was coming because just the way that they were playing up until then when you look at this team the first 10 games I I, I want to know I want your assessment okay. on how they're playing the first 10 games compared to the first 10 games of last year. I want to know what are the differences that you're seeing compared to what you saw last year. The biggest thing the biggest thing I'm seeing is that this team never quits. They don't bow out when they get down even if it's by multiple goals. We saw that in the Anaheim game last Sunday. Down to nothing. That team didn't they didn't budge. They just kept playing the way they were. I'm seeing I'm seeing a team that is skating hard. Harder. Each and every game. Each and every shift. That fourth line last night was fantastic. When was the last time we could say that for the Sabres? Way they, well, the way they shut it down last night at the end of the third period? Even locking it down locking it down defensively and then even in the offensive zone. They're pinning, they were able to pin Montreal on their own end a lot of the time. And that's what you want out of your fourth exactly. line. Exactly. And when when have we ever said that about Zemgis Gergensen's and Johan Larson? He had a huge block at, at the, the end, end of that third period. Yeah. But I think we're seeing a team that's starting to get it. That's gelling. And is start is finally starting to play the way Housley wants. wants. The way Batro wants, and they're putting shots to the net. They've look at how, look at how much they've outshot Montreal. Look at look at how much they outshot Anaheim. Look how much they Everybody outplayed. Everyone does, but yes, 
still, it's better to be a part of that instead of being the team the that gets outshot. Yeah. Would you rather be the team that outshoots Anaheim or the team that gets outshot by Anaheim? I understand that. <laughs> I understand that. Laura's also a Ducks fan. Yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> Did we have to mention that? This yes. has been terrible. Yes. They're the worst 5 1 team I've ever seen. <laughs> Seriously. So, but. Yeah. So going, so going back to the Sabres, as I said, they don't quit. And they finally, they finally look like that there's some consistency in that that we haven't seen since Miller. With even with how even I still thought Robin Leonard had a good couple years ago, 16, 17 year. I still thought he had a good year. He had, he had, a, he had a good year, the numbers say. But it was just the team around him was terrible. Mm-hmm. But then he had a really bad last year. And that's what caused him to be gone. So Hutton's in, Olmark's in. Now there seems to be a consistency. I think Hutton is struggling a little bit right now. So I, I'm wondering if Housley at some probably starts giving more starts to Olmark. I'm not shocked if he starts Olmark tomorrow. I'd like to see that. That's what I'm that's what I'm, I want to see as well. Cause you know that this is gonna be something where they're gonna ride the hot where likely they're gonna ride the hot hand. And Olmark in his two games so far has been fantastic. That's, that's why, they've been, that's the why they've been sitting on him the last, what, two or three years? Just yep. preparing him and getting ready. Yep. You didn't see that under Murray. No. But now you're seeing it under Bottrell where you're letting this guy develop and he's getting pushed up now to the main roster because they feel like he's ready. And that's the one thing with goaltenders. You can't push them immediately. Unless you're a Carey Price, yeah. it doesn't work like that. It, but now you're also starting to see that the winning at you're starting to see a winning attitude out of the Sabres. You're seeing a team that want that wants it. A team that's licking their chops. They want that game. They want every game. This isn't where How would you feel if you've lost the last 5 years? Exactly. But exactly. All you got to all you got to do is add this big time prospect to your team in Rasmus Dahlin. You've got your big time. You've already got your big time for superstar center. You've I got hope. your number one center, and he's your captain, ready to go. You made a splash of a trade in the offseason in getting Jeff Skinner for basically for, nothing for peanuts, pretty much. And you you made that you made that bold move by trading O'Reilly. Your management has shown that they're prepared to make any move to have this team win. And the players are now realizing that that the winning comes from them. It took until early December last year for a defenseman to score a goal. Right now there's six different defensemen on this team that have scored, Mm -hmm. and we're not even a month into the season. Yeah. Things are changing. They are. Six and four right now, I... I would have never have guessed that this team could go six and four, just based on the last five seasons of constant failure. Mm-hmm. And every every year in October, they just get off to these horribly slow starts. Yep. Now we're starting to see it. And one of the things you you, you didn't touch on during your assessment with things that are changing from last year to this yeah, year, yeah. the passing. 
Yeah, even just stuff as simple as that. significantly improved this year. You're seeing passes with conviction. Mm -hmm. You're seeing accuracy. You're seeing quick passes. Trying to get guys open with a pass. Yeah. You didn't see that last year. You didn't see that during the tank years or anything else. There's offensive creativity that has been sorely lacking, and not only for the Sabres, but also for another team in Buffalo. But yeah. anyway, they are moving the puck at a rate that the modern NHL is at right now. Yeah. And it's beautiful to watch. And that... That's one of the reasons why the Sabres have been a slow team these last couple these last few years. Think about this. If you hit a, if you if you're passing the puck to someone at their skates, they got to slow down to pick up the puck and then they got to try to build that speed back up. It takes a lot to do that. But you know what's easy, you know what's much easier? Pass the puck right at their right at their stick on their stri- when they're striding. That makes that makes the play faster. And Even if the guy that. Even if the guy isn't the best skater, he doesn't. You don't have to be the best skater. If you receive that puck perfectly in stride every time, you're gonna look faster, and that's what that's what you, the Sabers are starting to do with the with the passing. That's what's bringing that speed that this team has been so, so just lacking these last few years. Stuff as simple as that. How about getting to something a little bit more complicated? Corsi numbers. I want to talk about we were, these. Yeah, you we brought were, this up last night. Yeah. Rasmus Dahlin had the highest Corsi number on the team 76%. last night. 76. This guy's what? 18, 19 He's 18 years, years, old? years old. He's 18. Yeah. And he's already, in terms, of the, in terms of the analytical numbers, the best defenseman on the team. Sure. Yeah, he sure is not looking like it. I, I was talking to this with Derek on, uh, on Monday. If Rasmus Dahlin's not, he's not a second or third pairing defenseman right now. He's the number. He's at least number the number two defenseman on the team right now. We're ten games in. Mm-hmm. He's eighteen. He's the number two right now. I know Ristolainen had a really good game last night. Yeah, Rist. I thought he was Ristolainen in what the game. upper sixties. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and then but Jake McCabe, I thought had a great game. Oh, yeah. I saw him on that breakaway. I thought he had. Uh, it. He kind of lost it a little bit on the way. He in. lost it. He does. Well, McCabe doesn't have the speed and to be able to create that kind of separation. So it's unfortunate, but it's unfortunate. I mean, if he had, if it's a guy who's got better foot speed, like Erasmus Dahlin or a Jeff Skinner, that's a break. That's a breakaway any day of the week. It's just because McCabe doesn't have that foot speed. But the fact that he, but the fact that he's jumping in. And trying to create something like that. You didn't see that last year. You never saw that the last few years. You never did. That's and that right there just show just tells me how much that this team is changing. I know the, a lot. I know that Housley took a lot of flack last year. Yeah. Can you blame the man? No. I couldn't blame I him. I still think like, how I could s- you win with that roster? I still think they weren't trying to win last year. I don't think I, I don't think they were fully doing the tank, but I don't think that I don't I don't think they thought that they were a playoff team heading in heading into the year. They didn't I, have the personnel last year that matched what Housley wanted. Look at what Bot look at the moves that Botro made. He he was doing he was doing doing things just to try to fill out a roster and to keep as many young players in Rochester as possible. Because he had always been he always preaches 
Build from within. Build through the draft. Build through development. Build through your AHL team. That's what he. That's what he was doing. So to compensate for that, he had to put out some. He had to put out a NHL team. So so he, he had to sign players like Matt Tennyson, like Jordan Nolan, like Jacob Josephson, like Benoit Pouliot. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's. So he had to do. So it was mainly just doing what he can. Yeah, I, I just honestly think that you look at this year and you see Connor Sheary, yep, who has been some basically a godsend when it came to the, the second and third line this year. He's a great finisher. Mm-hmm. He's got a good shot. He's not the greatest passer in the world, but he he, he doesn't have to be. No, just and he's set got him the speed. up for a shot, and he's been able to score. He's got the speed, and he he can be in your face too. He's a guy who could be very hard to play against, and he's he's someone who can frustrate other players. Yeah, that's true. Now, I would like to discuss. Okay. With, with ten games into the season. Yeah. I need to ask you, who do you think has been the most improved player on this team this year compared to last season? Compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Which player from last season has been most improved this year through 10 games? Let's see. Comma, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Frank. I think Jake McCabe. He, I think McCabe's my answer. He struggled a lot last year. And obviously, with what happened, with everything that went on last season – Everyone struggled, but McCabe was an McCabe looked like an outlier. He looked like a guy who was a bona fide top four defenseman on this team. Last year, he looked like he was a seven. He looked like he could have. I, I, I mean, there were that. talks that I mean, we Derek and I were discussing the possibility that this team should trade McCabe in the offseason to add another forward. Now I don't want to trade, and I, I, you know, I, I was one who wanted to hold off a train because I wanted to see how he play, how he can play with what was coming in now. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be very keen on trading young defense. Now he's playing so much better. He's back. He looks like he's back, and he's better than the top four McCabe that we saw a couple of years ago. Now he's looking like. He's at he's at worst he's a number three on your team right now. Yeah, I would be very playing. hesitant in trading a young defenseman, considering it was what was what has been around. Derek him. proposed the idea because he's on a really good contract, and yes, he's young, and teams are going and there's teams are going to want to give something up to get that kind of player. And also that the offense has been lacking the last exactly, of and and it wouldn't hurt to add another forward to the mix. I don't know. Maybe I carry a bit more, a uh, bit more emphasis on the defensive side of of the puck, because you can't find many. It's hard good to, defensemen in this the league. The thing, yeah, in, you can find goal scorers. You can. It's fi- hard to find defensemen that can shut it down in the back end. It's hard to find good defensemen and good centers in the NHL. You can find wingers. You can find a goalie. But. You you still need a good overall defensive core, and McCabe is bringing that bringing that right now. And I think it was a good decision to not trade him. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think management had any. I don't think that they were going to trade him no matter what. It was more of Derek and I thought of it as an Derek mostly thought of it as an idea, 
because there is this plethora of defensemen now with Gooley, with Brandon Gooley as well, with now with Lawrence Pilu, now Will Borgans here, Brandon Hick I like I like Brandon Hickey and Rochester so far. You know, those there's oh, yeah. there's about, your top four and hey, how about Golovson? Yeah, and then you have Victor Olofsson right now lighting it up in Rochester. He may very well be one of the first call ups when call ups are gonna end up happening. And with Alex Alex Nylander's looking good too. There's that whole thing about build about building through the AHL team, building through the draft through developments. These are all players who are young and you're you're developing and they're playing it's paying off. Well I could see that this team is growing. I am really looking forward to seeing what the rest of the season looks like. Now I do want to change gears. There, to, let, uh, let's let's go. I just want to say real quick, real quick too. There is still going to be growing pains with this team. We've already seen it. I mean, there's games there's where they that, win 4-1 and there's games they lose 6-1. Yeah. Saw so with so, the Avs game last week. That's why I that's why I've been preaching on this podcast. Don't freak out when they lose big because it's going to happen. These are this is a growing pains kind of season. They might be a 500 team throughout most of the year. But if they but if they can string some, just string some wins together. Like you got right three now? straight wins. Now if they lo- if they lose on Saturday, no big deal. They could come out and win the next two games. Next now you can look at it you just won 5 out of 6. That's how you string string a little streak together. They don't have to go out and win 10 straight. But if you but in the next ten games, they if they go another six and four, think about that. They play at that pace, six and four times that by ten. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, times that by eight. You're looking at forty three, forty four wins. Yeah. You play six and four the rest of the season. Yeah. And you know, sprinkle in a couple overtime losses here or there. Yeah. This is probably an eighty to eighty five point team. This could be a ninety point team. They play like that, but regardless, that's and it's going to be a team that's watchable. Yep, it's going to be a team that you can watch into March. Yep, and see if they can make a late push. Yep, because in years past, the season was over by December. Yep, and you were just going through this long death march the next four months of of pointless hockey. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay. You so yeah let's let's change gears now. We're not going to talk about the Bills today because Derek and I are coming back coming back on Sunday. We're going to do we're going to do a Bills preview then. Trust me, we don't want to talk about the Bills anyway. So since I got a guest on, let's not do that. Let's keep the guest let's keep the guests happy. Let's talk about the World Series mm, because baseball. Derek and I don't talk Derek Derek and I don't talk baseball because he's not a baseball guy. But I got a guy I got a guy right here who is not only a huge baseball fan, a big Red Sox fan. Oh, and the Red just Sox lost are about all our listeners. Well, <laughs> no, right now. Okay, it's baseball. It's not like I said that you're a big Patriots fan or a Bruins fan. You're not. You're not those. So it does. So it doesn't and matter. The B word scares a lot of people here in Buffalo. It starts with a B, ends with an N. But more people around here don't really care about unless they're Yankee. Unless they're diehard Yankee fans. They don't care about the Red Sox that much, and it, and it would go in the same thing in the NBA with the Celtics. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, but you, let's the, talk about so the, the Red Series. We got Game Three tonight. Game Three is tonight. Red Sox are up two nothing in the series, and for the most part, with the exception of of two big innings, 
won a game one, won a game two. Mm-hmm. The series has been dead even. It just took a couple clutch hits from Boston. And when you look at game one and you looked at game two with uh, with, with Rafael Devers in game two, and you looked at game one, big hits with two outs in the fifth inning, they've been able to get the hits needed mm-hmm. to get at least a two or three run cushion to have the bullpen just shut it down. In game two, they had three relievers come in after David Price threw solid baseball. I can't believe I said that during the postseason. <laughs> He's won his team has won both games he has started the last two. The clincher against Houston in game yeah. five and now in game two. You looked at Kimbrell. Kimbrell looks like he's himself again. You looked at the first two series against the Yankees in Houston. Seriously, I had heart palpitations every time he went out there. <laughs> now all of a sudden he's mowing guys down one, two, three, like it's it's nothing. He's but, looking like that's he's almost going getting back to that kind of Cy Young candidate David he, Price. Yeah, he's the Craig Kimbrell of what of what the regular season was this year. <laughs> and now game three, you've got uh, this is going to be tough. I have a feeling that the Dodgers are going to win two out of three in L.A. So you think Boston's going to sneak one in okay. and then go back to Boston for game six? And that was seven. something that I was going to ask: Is do you think the series comes back to Boston? I think so. Okay, Dodgers. L.A. Are, is too good to give up a game and give up a series in five. Yeah, or in four too. Yeah, there. I mean, Boston is a powerhouse as it is, but even with the, how how up and down the Dodgers season was, they're playing some really good baseball right now. In the playoffs and and that big and really good seven game series against the Brewers, but that's the one thing that I think is going to bury the Dodgers is that their bullpen is spent. Yeah, from the amount of work they had to go through to beat Milwaukee in seven games, I've never seen a series like that in my life where Craig Council literally took out his starter five pitches into a game. Yeah, in game five to go right to his bullpen. Yeah, he was, he was playing mind games with Dave Roberts. Yeah. And Dave Roberts had to use a lot of his bullpen to be able to win that series. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you're facing a rested Boston team that -hmm. just mowed down Houston and the Yankees. The defending champs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you have to lean on your starters who, besides besides Bueller, like Bueller's pitched great, and he's going to start game three tonight against uh, Porcello. Okay. You looked at Bueller and you look at Kershaw and you had Ryu. They're solid starters. Kershaw, I think, got a raw deal this year when it came to the postseason. He had a brilliant game Mm -hmm. in the NLCS against Milwaukee. And, yeah, he got hit around a little bit in Boston, but I kind of expected that. The Dodgers aren't used to playing in 40-degree temperatures at Fenway. This is true. (laughs) And Ryu just gave up a a bat... uh, he gave up bases loaded, got pulled out, and then the reliever came. I think it was Matson. He walked a guy. He walked in Ryu's run, and they gave up another run. So then Ryu took a loss, but Ryu pitched well. Yeah, in that game. And now I look at Bueller. I think Bueller's going to steal one. I think this is going to be the one game the Dodgers are going to have a hot game. I think Porcello, for as good as he's been in the playoffs, has been hittable late in games and his starts. And I feel like around the fourth or fifth inning tonight is going to be when the Dodgers do their damage. Okay. And I think it'll be just enough, and their bullpen's going to carry them to a Game 3 win tonight. I can I can see that. I, I really haven't been watching the World Series just because I've been I've been busy with 
you know, work and everything. But I definitely, I can definitely see that. I've been looking at, I'm looking at the stats, and yeah, I mean, it, you, you're right. It's been a very even series throughout the first two games. It's just Boston's got a couple, couple of those big, play, those big hits, and yeah, in just in one inning, and that's been the diff. That's really been the entire series so far. Right. It's just been two inning, two half innings. That's it. It's impressive that they retired the last 16 Dodgers in Game Two. That is all pretty of them impressive, came though. from the bullpen. That is pretty impressive too, especially with how up and down the bullpen has been for the Red Sox right. this whole year. What a way to what a way to put it together, and you're doing it in the best time in the World Series. That it, that's the best time to do it. That's the best time to put it together. It honestly, also takes also takes is just going on that also going on that little run. Mm-hmm. Just get hot at the right time, and you could go. It, it does wonders. Speaking of hot, man, Andrew Benintendi, but the way he's played, oh, these playoffs, yeah, that catch he made right along left field, you can yep. see the the manual standing scoreboard, and he's just making this long leap. I remember the I saw that like a publication in Boston put him next to like a few ballerinas doing a similar <laughs> movement with a leap. It was unbelievable. I he made a huge catch to win the series against Houston in Game Five. And then you saw that catch. That revitalized the team because it was a tight game mm-hmm. when he made that catch. Yeah. There was a lot of uncertainty in the crowd. He got him back in it. Boss ended up winning the game. And if I had to choose an MVP in this series right now, let's say Boston wins, it's got to be him. Oh, yeah. He was four for five in yeah. game one. Putting your bias aside, who do you do you think – the Red, do you, as an as a baseball, let's say as a baseball analysis, do you ultimately think the Red Sox are going to win the series? Yes, Probably I just six, think they they have a stronger offense than the Dodgers do. Mm-hmm. I think LA has gotten into the World Series because of their experience, because that they've had a few timely hits. Matt Kemp is still a threat, which is amazing considering the only place he knows how to hit is in LA. Yeah. And Justin Turner's been one of the best bats they've had all season, even though he's had somewhat of a down year compared to what he's had in the past. In the playoffs, he's been money. He's mm-hmm. been, they've had a solid infield. Manny Machado is probably the best fielding shortstop I've seen all playoffs. It's when he chooses to put in the effort is the issue. <laughs> I just think the one thing that's killing the Dodgers is their play at catcher. You look at Austin Barnes and you look at Grandel. Yeah. How many pass balls can you count during the last two series that they've given up? At least like five or six. And they've all ended up being runs. Mm-hmm. It's killed them. Yeah. It, Shows it, it how a important killer. a catcher is. Yeah. Boston's got two solid ones in Santa Leone and Christian Vasquez. I think that's going to be the difference is how the catchers play throughout the series. So far, Boston hasn't had a pass ball so far in the series. And I think the there's one way the Dodgers can win. Okay. They got to win all three in L.A. They need to win all three games. Because then you go back to Boston and you got You're two cracks two. at it. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and that team is good enough to sneak one game in Fenway. Yeah. But they have to win all three in their hometown. There's no way that they're going to go go back to Boston down three to two and win in seven games. Right. I think if they're down 3-2, they're cooked. Yeah. Because even if that, they got to have Kershaw pitch game five 
Yep. And that's going to be in L.A., which means you got to have Ryu start game six. Mm-hmm. And you may maybe Kershaw in three days rest in game seven. You may have to. You may have to, especially if they're if they're up in the series and and they're winning heading and they're heading into like probably the fifth inning, even the fourth inning. They may have to go to Kershaw. Yeah, like a Madison Bumgarner situation yep. in San Francisco. Although I wouldn't suspect he would pitch the rest of the game. No, they that Dodgers have good players in the bullpen where they don't have to do they that. They put him. They put him in the close for Game they, Seven against Milwaukee. Yeah, they but they can do something like that. I I would suspect if the Dodgers, let's say the Dodgers are are up three to two in the series heading into Game Six in Boston, Ryu start Ryu starts. He probably he good. He, looked he looks good. good. Too. He he was fooling a lot of the Red Sox hitters throughout he, that and game if he, until and the if fifth he, And if he continues that in Game Six, he probably can go. He probably goes in at least the first four innings. They probably put Kershaw probably goes in, pitches five to at least maybe seven, and then you would probably go to your bullpen. Your bullpen at some point in that eighth inning, and then try to go to Jansen in the ninth inning if you're winning. Yeah, and I so far they have leaned towards Baez. They've leaned towards Matson. Yeah. They haven't really used anybody else besides those two in the first two games. And they're going to need Matson to be money. They're going to need Baez. The thing is, they don't really need Jansen because he always brings it. Yeah, he does. Nice comeback, comeback too, for him this year after having to deal with that uh, regular right. heartbeat. Yeah, really good for him. A, that's a frightening thing. Yeah, but really good for him that he's able to come back and, be, and still be the same kind of pitcher. And I would say that he has been the best closer in baseball the last three to four years. Kenley Jansen's by far the most consistent closer yeah. I've seen. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's going to be the one key for for the Dodgers is going to be holding court at home for all three of these games because I think if Boston wins, if they win tonight. It's, it's over. over. Yeah, it's over. It's over. I mean, the series might not even go back to Boston if they win tonight. Yeah, if they're up 3-0. No way. Dodgers might sneak one in game four, but that that's it. Mm-hmm. Boston, Boston would shut it down in game five. Yeah, because then you got Sale. Yeah. And Sale has been virtually unhittable all playoffs. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a performance like this since John Lester in 2013 when he was pitching for the Red Sox. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He was money that year. But hey, thanks for having me on, man. This is no this problem. Was a lot of fun. Yeah, th- this has been the Leftovers Podcast. Frank or Curry, thank you to Lars Lewis for coming in. He's the voice, one of the voices of Niagara uh, Purple Eagles hockey. So, tell us about tell us about that real quick before we go. Well, I work for thirteen forty uh, WLVL and. I also work with Paul Hamilton at WGR and Jeremy White of WGR. Yep. All three of us uh, share the broadcasts for Niagara University Hockey, and it's a. I think we have a solid group this year. Jason Lammers is in his second season, and we're already seeing a difference in the speed of the team. Uh, shall we say there's more of an urgency to move the puck up into the zone. And I also think that it's going to take a little while for this team to get back to, shall we say, what it was a few years ago when Niagara was making the NCAA tournament. But I'm already seeing the progress. Before we go as well, one one more thing. Tell us about your work at Spectrum. Oh, yes. By the way, next Thursday at Spectrum News at Channel 1, Sal Capaccio and I will have the call of the Class A championship game for high school football. And I believe that will be at 7 o'clock. 
uh, next Thursday. It's actually going to be the first game I'll be working with Sal, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. There you go. Lars Lewis and Sal Capaccio also works with WGR's Jeremy White and Paul Ham- Hamilton. It's weird. I work <laughs> with all the GR guys, and I don't even work here. You don't even work for the station. <laughs> Lars, where, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at LarsLewis12. You can find plenty of goodies regarding any and every sport you can imagine. My, I'm a fount of misinformation a lot of the time. I'm right once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've been listening to Leftovers Podcasts. I'm Frank Curry. Derek will be back. We're, we're, our next episode will be up on Sunday because with Monday being the Bills game, we're gonna Derek and I are going to do, do the podcast the day before because Derek's not going to have any time on Monday with mm. full Bills coverage that whole day. So – Don't forget to check out our on-demand section at WGR550.com and the radio.com app. Check out, go to the the Apple Store, too, if you you have iTunes, because our podcast is on there. That's it. That's it. We'll see you sometime. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 